Here's a space, a space so powerful it allows an ordinary fan to share a chair with the owner of a team, a platform where supporters understand intricate details of players' rights, a setting that bridges the gap between the dressing room and the grandstand, a space where tactics meet opinion, transfer news meet gossip, and the VAR system meets social media, a space for the football tribe. Likoko. La space. Good evening, good evening, everyone. It's another bumper edition of Le Cocola Space, the last one for the year. I'm so excited. Much needed rest, I must add. And yeah, to cap it off, I mean, it's befitting that I'll be having greats of, of, of the timeline and of the industry. These guys, man, they taking over the world. And I'm not just saying because I'm trying to, you know, trying to praise them because they're part of my panel. Um, I was very deliberate in having them in my in the space. I've had some of them before. I've had the privilege of listening to Uluyolo. And I said, look, uh, you are the missing piece in when what's been happening, man. Uh, Opta, if you can, please request. Disky Rumble, you know the draw. Do the things, make the pots. Hashtag Le Cocola Space is what we're going to be engaging with. Put it on the timeline. If you'd like to ask a question, a comment, criticism, Sistata Zonke, and we're not scared. So yeah, Opta, I'm just waiting for you, then I kickstart kick this thing, man. Shakes, welcome, my brother. Welcome to the panel. Oh, my bad. I've muted everybody. Uh, Shakes, welcome to the panel. Hey, I'm busy trying to unmute here, but you have uh, helped me on lockdown here, man. I'm sorry, man. I was just trying to mute everyone so that I can do the things and get things started. <laughs> I'm killing man. it. Hard, I'm good. How are you, man? Proper, proper, proper. How are you? Proper. Uh, Leono, welcome, my brother. Uh, how are you, brother? I'm I'm proper. I can't complain. I can't complain. Uh, are you looking forward to engaging with with your peers? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. And uh, thank you very much for the invite and uh, the opportunity. And uh, good evening to everybody who's on the space. I hope everybody had a lovely day thus far. Yeah, man. Um, I'm looking forward to having this chat, man. Uh, more especially your opinion, because. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to try and see how you and Shakes, uh, because because I, you know sometimes I have these weird visions. So I've, I've always had this vision of you and Shakes being analysts in one football match. So so this is like an intro phase, and I'm interested interested to have you the both of you in this panel and see the energy, man, and try and feel that whole energy between the two of you. But yeah, I've I've, I've seen it in my mind. Let's see, let's see it pan out, man. Thank you for for joining the space. No, uh, thank you. Cool. Disky Rumble. Disky Rumble. Welcome, my brother. No, man. Uh, good evening, Juanes, and uh, good evening to the rest of the people who are part of the space tonight. Yeah, you know, I, I took a gamble with the space uh, because there's a game that's going on, but I was like, ah, you know what? Let's let's do this, man. I We, we, we can multitask. I think I have... I have Guys who are talented, we can multitask, we can watch the game, we can even critique this very same game that we're watching. Uh, Shakes, while Opta's joining in, uh, 
this is your moment. What are you witnessing at Kotop Sinfit? Uh, what's lacking? I, I just see a lot of people running and I'm scared, man. This team runs a lot to a point that uh, they might experience more freak accidents. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. I, I also see a lot of running. I see both teams that are not being able to keep possession of the ball. Like, it doesn't stay too long at either side. Um, and obviously, they're trying to utilize their, their wings, I think, from Solis' end. But uh, Pirates, for some reason, like, hey, Barata left, eh? I don't know if it's because Otto was there. And then also, you find Lotches drifting out to the left as well. Like, it's they really love the left-hand side. So, that's what I'm seeing from them. Um, they're trying to penetrate down the middle for Swallows. I think they have sensed the weakness there because I think Sasmanle... I don't know if the communication is so great. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm seeing so far. I don't know about the rest of the panel. Yeah, uh, Riolo, uh, we, we're just witnessing a lot of running as well. And I've, 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 I've kind of had a moment where I saw, as Pirates supporters would call him the best centre-back in, in, in the country. I beg to differ because this guy hasn't been tested. He's drifted more towards the right and they initiated most of their play from the right-hand side. Uh, am I correct in, in seeing that? Yeah, so initially with, with, with um, a Lando Pirates system, it's a hybrid system. So in possession of the ball, they go to a 3-4-2-1. And then out, out of possession, it becomes a 4-4-2 slash 4-2-3-1. So when, when, when they do have um, possession, they're looking to build up, obviously, from the back. Uh, Oli Sandar becomes a right-sided centre-back. You've got uh, Nyawuza, who goes in between uh, Nda and... Um, Marco on the left-hand side, and then you've got Hotto giving the width on the left. On the right-hand side, you've got Shandu who pushes up. Hence why you even saw him popping up into the box and scoring that goal. You know, so mm-hmm. in possession of the ball, um, the two wing backs they they've got that freedom. You know, so it is a, a hybrid system, and that's why then you'll see that a lot of the times then um, obviously pushing um, into that deep right-sided pocket of space. And them looking then to start play from from the back. Uh, all right, cool, Disky. We we witnessed something very strange, uh, and I'm, with with Pirates scoring early, it it it's, it hasn't been accustomed in them co- scoring early, um, and more especially where the goal came from. And um, do, do, is it something that you probably could foresee happening, or? It was one of those, uh, the goal happened and it happened and let's just celebrate and take it from there. Or is it something that we need to we need to pay attention to because we might be witnessing more of it in the future? No, I, 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 I think it's one of those things where, whereby most of us didn't actually expect them to go to score that early. Um, even though you've seen some improvements in their, in their style of play as well as um, their attacking patterns in the last, uh, what, five five league games um mm-hmm. yeah but then i uh, i think the more they, they they welcome the likes of lodge and and then other attacking players who are still missing then they'll get better because uh, you know you you look at them two months or three months uh, back and they were not so 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 much better in, in terms of the attacking play all right cool uh opta there's a there's a gentleman here. He hasn't scored, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately, whichever way you want to look at it. If you're a Pirates fan, it's unfortunate. Uh, Pepra, he's busy, man. I can see that he's busy. Um, I just 
I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's he's, he's solid. He's solid. It, it, is it a matter of him acclimatizing to the game that we're playing, or uh, it's another uncle that we've we've uh, you know imported? <laughs> um, thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for being um, patient through there. Oh, well, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. All good, man. No, I think he'll be good. He'll come good. He's just acclimatizing, and you can see in everything else except the goals that there's some player here um once he gets on the score sheet i think we'll see a bit more from him but i'm positive about him i'm not going to reveal which club i support i don't think i can do that but i am positive about pepra turning good i think i think that kind of gave it away you not wanting to <laughs> uh, say which TV support gave it away, but that's fine. So no, no, let's 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 wrap it up. Let's wrap the Pirates chat. Um, what is it that they have to change for them to win? With uh, Orlando Pirates, yeah. Okay, so I think introducing um, Mhango, you know, and look with, with Pepper, he is a very busy player, and we can see that there is a player there. I just don't think that he's a main striker. I think he's a second striker. And with the pressure that then comes with playing um, up top, it's uh, it's a different kind of pressure. And if you have a look at his stats um, previously where he's from, those stats would suggest that he was more of a second striker. So I think if you bring on Mhango and you maybe sacrifice Tukamanja, uh, uh, I think that will have a lot more um, pen- final third penetration for Orlando Pirates. And... Yeah, man, I just think that they've lacked Mango, you know, and they've lacked that confidence within the final third. The finishing has been poor, and I think that's an issue that Mango can easily address, especially now that you've got Lorch, who's then able to roam freely, because on the left, the width is offered by Hotter. On the right, Shandu offers that width. Lorch then is able to roam. He can pop up in the left-sided half space, right-sided half space. He can dictate terms from deep pockets of spaces and also then look to be a presence in zone 14 and also look to also get into the box. So I think Mango would be a great substitution and take Jukamanja off. All right. Um, Nshega, there's, you know, the Keletso Mahalo factor. Uh, I always feel that he's a... Uh... He's a super sub, man. He's not going to offer you much if you start the game. He 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 reads the game from the bench and is is more effective in that way. I, I th- there was even a tweet that uh, the chairman, you know, why the chairman of Solos likes uh, being in charge of everything. There was a tweet where he was kind of hinting that Geleto will be in the starting eleven, and, and my response was that please play him in the second half. Please play him in the second half. Um, do you think he's being misused? And misused in a sense, how they throw him in, in early because you need to play players to their strengths. I certainly agree with you, man. I agree with the sense that he is sort of an impact player. I think there was a time even throughout the season where he did get a couple of starts and it seems like he starts off really well. And then as the second half comes to play, it sort of seems like, I don't know whether if maybe the pace of the game is sort of caught up to him as well. Or maybe he's running a fatigue per se because he's sort of an impact player. He comes in, he does his tricks, uh, of course. But uh, ever since every every single time he sort of starts, you, you certainly get to feel that in the second half he's less effective. And to be fair, in his defense, I will say that he is almost forced to sort of start because the previous players, I think Solomon's as well, I think also Saleng as well, I think they've let down the club quite a bit. Um, so when he comes on, he makes that magic happen in the second half and then obviously people are going to say he must start. Probably even the chairman will say 
look at the impact that he's come on and done in the second half. Maybe he must start. So it's sort of a, as forced the hand of the coach that he must start. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, he, he I'm assuming he, he didn't come off cheap. Uh, I mean, where they acquired him. So it's one of those where to say, well, this is an expensive purchase and, and it has to be utilized. It's one of my shiny toys. Yeah, no, definitely he must have not come off cheap. I was actually surprised that it was a permanent tra- transfer. I didn't, I thought it was a loan this whole time. But I know, and of course, even with him, I think when he was at Sundowns, he needed more time, I guess. Uh, probably he was, I don't think he was particularly too happy with the role that he had, but he always made an impact within that role. So now it swallows probably, it's the, let's see what you can do within 90 minutes. And I think at the place where he's at, at the age where he's at, he must be able to affect games for 90 minutes at least. Cool. I think we can wrap this up. Just to give clarity on, on the Keletso Mahalo Sala, because a lot of people are not aware. They think that it's a low. Uh, just to give you guys some background, Swallows had their full quota. You can only have a, a maximum of five loanees in a season. So they had reached that quota. So they it, it is a buy. But I have a feeling, you know, strange things happen in the PSL. I have a feeling that it's a buy with the buyback clause that is masked as a it's a loan basically that it's masked as a as a buy. So let's actually let's move on. Uh, Opta, a lot of Sundown supporters are not happy, man. Um, a lot of Sundown supporters are actually fuming at, at how they're playing. They're not entirely satisfied. But what do the numbers say? Are we looking at the best? Because I looked at it the other day. Are we we potentially looking at one of the best Sundowns we've ever seen in in like forever? Sure, man. Um, I think um. The one factor that many people are forgetting is the number of games that Sundowns has played this season, or rather this year. Um, if you're going to break records like the calendar year record, they're two points away from breaking that. They could have gotten to 100 calendar year points if they had beaten at least Stellenbosch, but now the max they can get is 98. And it's all well and good to have all these records, but the flip side is you're playing a lot of games. Oh. So the... If, if I'm counting correctly, the last game of the year should be their 60th game of the year. 60, 6 0 in one year. Oh, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. It's, the most, it's the most they've ever played in a calendar year since the PSL started. So that's one factor that maybe people are forgetting. Um, I didn't watch the game today. I don't know how Charlotte really got injured. But the last month of 2021, I think Sundowns fans should be patient and just let this team get over the line and get to that one month or six week break and then maybe they'll see that mesmerizing sundowns come back again it's impossible to be mesmerizing for a period of six months even liverpool or Bayern munich they fail to do that there'll come a stage Mm. where the legs get tired and you need to give the team focus more on the results than on the performances Mm. if i can Mm. say and and and, you know disky Opta's talking about focusing on the results because the game, you know, they've been coming in thick and fast. I mean, he's talking about 60 matches, man. That's 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 unheard of. And 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 it's something that, you know, we've we didn't even witness in an 18-team PSR. So now with with the break, supposed break that's about to come in this uh, tournament, I'm, I'm I'm not sure whether I should call it a tournament or a pre-season or a mid-season tournament that's about to come. Uh, do we think Sundowns? And it's just an opinion from an opinion point of view, do you think Sundowns will be reluctant to try to release their star players because they need 
all the break that they can get look uh they, they, they I, I feel like they should uh i mean it's actually no coincidence that oh, in, in the last fifa break they 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 decided to give you know their players some rest and then well the expectations from the friends was to say why are they not working on certain aspects of their games instead of going on a break but then you realize that this is this is one team which has played so so many number of games and mm. they need to rest as much as possible which is very important mm. you know so mm. they are, for me i think the, the the players which should be available for that um, tournament um, are players which they have not been using um your likes of Ilakazis and then the rest of the fringe players mm, mm, mm. all right now i then ask ne- so, sorry before i continue muzi i see your request please just hang in there i will accept your request i'll add you in and so that you can ask your question diski i'm coming back to you and i'm coming back to you with regards to sundowns we've we've seen a sundowns that can that spreads goals evenly amongst the players. You know, your 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 Tembazwani would be the one. Last season, we saw Tembazwani scoring like it's going out of fashion. We saw Romeo coming in before he got injured. He would come in and contribute the goals. And Peter, this time, and and, and a lot of Sundance supporters complain that they don't really have a striker that can show that that goal scoring, you know, goal scoring um, load, and they can take it. But now we have Peter Shalili. But it seems like. Peter Shalile is hogging all the goals. What 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 is it that we're noticing in terms of the chances that are created and the goal, the returning investment in terms of the goals that they're scoring? Um, look, well, in terms of in terms of the number of goals that they they, they scored, you 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 feel like they they can actually uh, or they should have scored more than they ha- more than they should they have. I mean, uh, I mean, right now you are sitting with a case whereby Peter Shalile has been involved in. 50% of the goals that you scored in the league. Um, so that on its own should should be a, a, a positive thing for the fans. But at the same time, it should be concerning to the team to say, um, in the event that Peter Shalulile, you know, gets injured for the longest time, where are we going to get most of our goals? Because then yeah. today, after the after the uh, like during the game with with Baroka, you still felt like, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe had um, had they not been one man short, they could have still went on and scored more. But at the same time, you could see that the supply to um, your, your Pavel Safanko was not uh, that good. Uh, the involvement of Kemet Rasmus was also not good. And yeah. you know, yeah. But in terms of chances created, I think so far. Sundowns are now back to being number one in terms of creating chances. Just give me a second; I'll, I'll, I'll be able to. to That's fine, and, and we'll, we'll we'll come back. We'll come back to that. Um, yeah. And for the sake of conversation, and because this is a mid-season chat, yeah, we've had this chat before. We've yeah. had this chat before, and we were talking amongst just just for the listeners, just to keep you abreast in terms of what was happening. We've had this pre-season chat before, and predictions were made, and projections, and we, you know, we had this interesting chat, and and we were having fun while having that chat. Shakes, uh, you you said while we were having fun uh, during the previous space, you said you and Pro, I remember this vividly. You and Pro said Kaiser Chiefs will be second. Kaiser Chiefs, and you know, we were giggling. We we're like, ah, where's this second going to come from? But it's there. 
how did you see this shakes like where did you have this vision of it uh, this mamlambo vision I know honestly I I got to tell you um uh, I I'm actually surprised they they where they are because of the way that Chiefs have started this season because I thought there was a whole lot that I felt that uh Stuart Baxter got wrong with the team and I think now he's starting to get in, into a sense of how he wants to play how where he wants specific players to play at as well and uh I saw it in terms of the quality of the squad the signings that they made with regards to Sorota coming in and with regards to some of the signings that they've made Ngobo and Jablin Ngobo coming in as well I thought there's no way this team can be outside the top 4 after a particular period and it and it is proven so so I think it's at a point where he finally got it together the only problem is is that he got it together when Sunland is like already in Devon and he's in easy and how thing so and he's in how thing and that's the only that's the only criticism i would have of of him but i just thought the quality of the squad there's no way they could be outside the top 4 for sure but second mm. it was a it was a gut feel all right fair, fair enough uh, liolo and uh, with you know we're looking at the criticism in terms of what he's saying or the sundowns is in durban and and kaiser chiefs is in is in gp are we being unfair in a sense that we get we judging chiefs based on what sundance is doing because i feel that if we we were to gauge chiefs on what chiefs is doing then we would you know would be talking a different story and a lot of people would be content with what it is that they they're witnessing yeah i i definitely think so i think it also comes with the territory because of the stature of the club you know and it's been a while because i'm currently looking at um the log standings you've got sundowns you've got chiefs and then you've got pirates it's been a while since we've seen the big 3 sort of um sitting top 3 you know so i think it's always going to be part and parcel of being a a, a big football club you're always going to get compared to um obviously the other clubs and what they are doing you know so it's it, it, it's part of it from my perspective you know it's mm. not something i frown upon because it's just it's just part of the game really No and and I and I get you and when you're mentioning that it's 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 part of the game and it's something that you you would then you know we would look at now I want to ask you with regards to because Shakes mentioned and I'm coming back to you Leo Shakes mentioned that when 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 Kaiser Chiefs has been playing and and what it is that we've been expecting he didn't expect this right and the play that Baxter is kind of getting it there uh, but not quite now we witnessed mangeta ball and it was a bit of a contrast in terms of what it is that we've we've become uh, acclimatized to um you you have this sense that baxter is kind of scared to lose uh, more than he's going for a win and and with mangeta ball mangeta ball kind of gives you that feeling that we are in charge man we know what we're doing you know you can even look at the movement i mean look at the goal that we witnessed against kukuni when 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 everybody was drifted to the left and all of a sudden you know there was a space there was space created in the middle you you, you kind of have this feeling that mangete is totally in charge of this team like because he knows the players definitely definitely and the thing is and this is the thing you always have to understand um how how a coach wants to set up and when i look at coaches i always look at high recognition value with regards to their game model you know and with Stuart Baxter is there you know what he wants to do is a pragmatic coach he plays the percentages game and that's what he does he sets up in um in his own view the best possible way to win a football game you know even though it's very pragmatic but if you have a look at um the three fundamental nuances that boil down 
to what what really makes football. It's defending goals, creating goals, and scoring goals. And what Stuart Baxter's um, pragmatic game model does then is that he ensures that he's at least ticking two of those boxes right now, you know, which is creating goals and scoring goals. That's what KZ Chiefs are doing, as pragmatic mm. as it is. And when you then have a look at um, what uh, Arthur Zone did with regards to the players that he had, I think it was it was very smart on his end. More than anything, it was always about then managing the game because they didn't have the legs, you know, it was very clear. So if they wanted to go out and try exert their energy, they were going to lose. So the most important thing then was just about can we manage the game when we get onto the ball, can then we look to just rotate it and at the right time, that's when we'll increase the tempo. And when you have um, such a talented and skillful player like who's well adept and at receiving the ball in between the lines and in those tight pockets of spaces that was the that, that was the that was the whole plan you know let's rotate it from side to side we shift the double pivot in Mart and Katsande and then let's find <clears throat> once we find Dungobo then we're in you know and that was it and for me it was methodical it was calculated and it was a very good performance you know Although I must say that um, Sekukune just didn't pitch as well, you know, they hardly pressed, they hardly put in, yeah, they just didn't show up, you know. But at the same time, you still have to go out and impose yourself and ensure that you win the game. And with Arthur, it's it's it's, it's opposite end spectrum, really, with regards to what he's what he's doing and then what Baxter does. And yeah, one hundred percent. Disky, do you have those numbers, or can I just move on to to another question? No, no. Um, okay, before we can we can go to the issue of, of, of numbers, I just mm-hmm. I just wanted to 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 allude to to what Leola is saying, and you know, Arthur's one and Stuart Baxter are actually two completely different coaches. Yes, they might be serving in the same tactical team, technical team. I mean to say, but then these are completely different coaches, and it also shows in 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 in, in this game as well as how Kaiser Chiefs have been setting up like throughout the season. I mean, you look at Baxter and his team is is, is known for high pressing, counter pressing, and uh, simply being compact in shape. But suddenly, in just one game, um, in comes in comes Atazwane. You now see a team which is comfortable in building from the back, controlling the game, dominating position, and also being fluid in 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 in, in terms of how they want to progress. For, you know, from defense to attack. So, yeah, that is where you see that, you know what, maybe, and I mean maybe, someone should actually decide to give Mangete a chance. <laughs> we, we, we can only hope, but yeah, uh, in, in the meantime, uh, Opta, you know, Liolo spoke about the team being pragmatic and, you know, playing to their strengths. Uh, another thing, another aspect we fail to look at, uh, it's Kaiser Chiefs and the number of chances they, they create. There's a quite large there's a large number of chances that this team creates as funny as that may may sound um can i just i'll just take you back a bit man to the last time chief sundowns in paris were one two and three was at the end of 2019 20 season on the very last day Sourcewood mm. lost that game Pirates won and then Pirates went to third that's the last time you had chief sundowns in paris in one two three i just wanted to give um i think it was liolo a a date with that and then when it comes to the chances created for chiefs let me say on the stats perspective or analytics perspective um when i think Kuluva, when you say a chance is created what does it mean you know 
that's that, mm. that's a question that you ought to ask. Um, mm. Different models, different data models have different definitions for what a chance is. If Agpay passes, let's say in Jabulo Blom, um, he throws to Jabulo Blom, Jabulo Blom sees the goalkeepers off his line, he tries to shoot from the halfway line. They will say that one model will say Agpay created a chance, you know? But then you ask yourself, was that really a chance if someone was, was taking a speculative effort from the halfway line? That's open to uh-huh. interpretation. I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no. But then back to your point again, once we've considered what a chance is, shifts are actually, when it comes to expected goals and actual goals, this is one team that is on par. Their XG numbers from inside say 18 goals. They should have scored 18 goals with the quality of chances they've created. Again, I'll explain a bit what XG is, um, not assuming everyone knows what it is. XG is a measure, a metric that measures the quality of chances that a team creates. So some chances are better than others. Every chance maximum can be one. So you get a chance that's 0.85, that's a very good chance. You get a chance that's 0.2, that's not a good chance. You get a chance that's 0.1, that's a less uh, chance from maybe close to the halfway line. But then when it comes to what Chiefs have created, their chances are worth 18 goals based on XG, and they've actually scored 19 goals. And then their chances against, XG against is stands at about 14, and they have considered 13 goals. So everything is actually working on par with them. They've created a lot of chances, but what is the value of those chances? If you are number one in chance creation, but you've only scored 18 goals, then maybe the chances that you're creating are not high value chances, they're actually low value chances. So there's that to consider as well, um, if that makes sense. Makes one, yeah, 100%. Uh, I hope the listeners are following in terms of the conversation, because I know the jargon might be a bit daunting for the the, the average listener, but we're going to try and break it down because the whole purpose of this is to, so that we all move as a unit. So we, when we try and banter, we filter in, you know, facts within, within the banter. Now, Shakes, you know, we look at a team now that's currently playing and we've, we've, we've been analyzing their match. But this team, um, it's, I think it harbors the most frustrated bunch of supporters because two, two goals, they're two goals away from being clear in terms of being number two. And I'm saying two goals away because they've had so many draws, man. Like nine draws is a lot. Uh, and I'm counting what's happening at the moment. It's, it's just a lot. Two goals would have... You know, it would have shaved uh, two of those draws and it, two wins. Uh, four points plus four points, it, it, it sets them apart. And you wouldn't be having so much noise as you're having at the moment. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I totally understand the frustration that Orlando Pirates fans have, in all honesty. Because, obviously, I think they've had to go from Joseph Zimbabwe and then Joseph Zimbabwe left. Then, obviously, uh, Manjang Nagazan as well as Fadji Davis were trying to implement their model. I think um, someone mentioned on the panel in to say that the, the rhythm of play is starting, to get into, is starting to get into the team. The only thing I would say with this team is that, obviously, we speak about in terms of goals shared. And I think a lot of the times, John Hoto carries that. And I think, obviously, the absence of, uh, of, of, of Temikosi Lodge the absence of Gabadino Mango, the absence of um, Mutari as well being out of the team for specific yeah. reasons, their own certain reasons, has also played a factor. But 
never mind this season. I think Orlando Pirates have been underperforming for a while now because you look at the team that was with Rulani and Michu, that was a couple of seasons ago. Are you talking about two, three seasons ago where they finished mm. second behind them in two seasons in a row? And ever since then, it just also feels as though like um, the team is underperforming. I think one thing I've noticed per se for myself that when I've analyzed Orlando Pirates and the way that they played, I've always asked myself this question. All the signings that Orlando Pirates have made, how many of them have, the player-wise, the individual-wise, has improved from where they bought him from? So, for example, mm. you would say Makaringa, the player that they bought of Makaringa at, Mar- at Maritzburg United with the talent that he had, has he really improved? Has he improved as an individual? Has Tulan Chatoyo improved as an individual? Has Tabang Monar improved as an individual? That the signings that they've made, they bought them with promise, but they've come to the club and they haven't necessarily improved. And I don't know whether if it's if it's only down to coaching, but I just think the players that they've bought has not necessarily improved, majority of them. And, and Otter, we the issue of draws, man, we spoke about it at the beginning of the season when we we're having the preseason space. And it's still continuing. Um, surely there's some kind of a record now when it comes to these draws because i look at the draw column <laughs> and they only say they only second to 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 the new silos you know so that what, is what, what, what is it what, i am just finding what here. do we have Optum? i'm just so finding here the total one. number of draws pirates have had since the start of the psl uh, that would be interesting. It's something I'm actually look, I never thought of it that way, uh, because I have it. All right, the it's fans not, are frustrated. All right, cool. Difficult. Give it to us. Mm. Uh, pirates excluding today. It looks like they are ten minutes away from another draw. Fifteen minutes. There will be two hundred and sixty-four draws. In 790 games, it's the most. Um, as a single number, it's the most. And then as a percentage also, mm. it is about 33%. So you're drawing one in every three games that you're playing. That's what has happened to Pirates in the PSL. Um, and that seems to be continuing. I mean, we talked about when the season has started, but it seems to be continuing as well. Um I don't, know, I don't know what the solution to that is. They have a good defense. Pirates has an improved defense, if I put it that way. Um, but then it's mm. up front where the issues are. Um, you need to... When the time, Pirates has a lot of goals. You have to go back to Club Tendaindoro back in the day. So there's no that main striker that is a Shalulile, that is a Nurkovic in his day, that can get those goals for a team. And I think Liolo talked about that when he said maybe... Pepra is not a main striker, but now is the question about the striker himself or is it about a system that builds and needs a main striker to be the outlet in the front? I don't know. That's that's a bit beyond my data numbers there. No, fair enough. Um, Luolo, he mentioned you, so it, it's only befitting that I bring you in. Um, mm. He's talking about these draws, man. That's, that's a scary number of draws. And, you know, as as somebody that that's running the team, I would then look at that and say, "Hold on, man! It's not that we're horrible. We're not losing matches, so at least I can take that off and and be happy in the fact that we're not losing matches." 
but we we're not winning and we're not winning championships uh, and for us to win championships we have to try and somehow squeeze in one goal and and then protect that lead because protecting the lead seems like it's not an issue but it, it it's getting that goal that that's an issue as as opta has said so how do how do they then now this season we look at it this season um how do they then say okay let this is what we need to shift this is what we need to alter so that we can score goals moving forward i i just think that um first and foremost um i stand to be corrected but um after leslie maniatel you had gabardino mahango's season of i think was it 16 goals where he he, he was at the the top of the um, the the goal scoring standings where he shared the golden mm. boot but in that period between them who else was scoring goals for pirates you know and my biggest the, the biggest question i have is ever since then when hango had that season why then was at times he was not played at times pirates would play with the false nine when they've got two strikers on the bench there was a game i remember where you had uh, uh zakele lipasa and hango on the bench and they went to the false nine you know so i haven't quite understood that as to why would you want to um go into a game when you've got a striker who's proven that i can i can score those goals you know so i just think going forward um it, they, they they just have to be they have to get strikers onto the pitch you know even now when they're playing pepra for me it's as good as you're playing a false you're playing a false nine he's a second mm. striker in my view and mm. i just don't think that he's got um he will get you goals right but i just don't think that he is your premium striker the premium striker is Mhango. That's what I honestly believe. And what I like about Mhango is that he's quite versatile then because he, he does give you that mobility. He can also give you that presence in the box. And this is a player who can score many goals if given a chance. And going forward into the rest of the season, with regards to the system that, that um, they, are, they are trying to impose uh, with the ball and um, in the opposition half, like I mentioned early on, it goes to um, a 3-4-2-1. You know, so if they could look to maybe change it. So a 3-4-1-2, the one being lodged behind uh, Mabasa and Mahango, you know. And when you've got those two and you've got that presence in the box, you've got the width from both um, wings, and then you've got Lord pulling strings within the heart of midfield, looking to create um, chances for Orlando Pirates, I think it, 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 it changes the complexion. And I think it gives them a better chance of actually scoring goals because... At the end of the day, that's that. That's how you win football games. You have to score the goals. If you don't, then this is what happens. All right. Interesting. Um, for the listeners, if you want to request, you're more than welcome to request. I've added before. I don't know what happened to Tato. I've I've added uh, Aaron, and yeah. So you're more than welcome to request so that we can have because we're gonna have this discussion, and we're not gonna do it like we did preseason where we go team by team. I'm just gonna you know pick teams randomly because if we go team by team we're going to be here the whole night uh, Aaron you, you can ask your question my brother your mic is muted please unmute yourself and pose your question okay uh, I'll have to move on I'll give you three seconds and we we then move on all right cool um, so we, we, we spoke about Disky we spoke about Orlando Pirates and the frustration that they're experiencing. But now the surprise package of the season, man. Um, Royal AM. Uh, Royal AM, I can say we were expecting it because, I mean, they were they were always a paycheck away from a good performance. And and another surprise that I want to look at is is, is 
Kukun, the newbies, uh, you know, uh, there was still that whole court case going on uh, as well as Stellenbosch. So let's try and compress the three and try and see what it is that has changed. So with Stellenbosch, I, I personally called uh, Steve Barker a fraud and I'd like to apologize for that. Um, the man has proved me otherwise. You know, the system is working. So those three teams that I've mentioned, Disky, um, you can take one, either one of those three, and what is it that has changed, man? Apart from Skokuni, obviously, because what has changed for them is the league that they're playing in. What is it that right. has changed with, between the two? Look, uh, I, I, I recall when we were doing the, the, the preseason preview, saying that um, Stellenbosch are actually one of the teams that are going to finish in the top eight. Mm. And, and maybe that comes from the fact that even last season, you could see that this is a team that is so well structured, but the only thing they need is, you know, one or two players there and stabilizing their defense. You you come to this season and you look at you look at the, the Stellenbosch compared to last season. I mean, last season at this point they were sitting at position twelve with fifteen points, um, and at that time they they only had three wins, six draws, and what seven losses mm-hmm. considered. Around about 21 goals. That is just in in, in 16 games. And then you come mm-hmm. to this season. Here's a team that's sitting in position five. How many points do they have? 23. And on top of that, the wins have improved. They have five wins. The losses have decreased. They only have three losses. And you look mm-hmm. at those three losses, and you feel like maybe there's only one loss whereby they were actually battered, and that was against Orlando Pirates. But at the same time. They are conceding less compared to last season. I mean, coming into this season, they've conceded what uh, seven goals less compared to last season, and they're eight points better compared to last season. Now, where does that come from? It comes from the ability to stabilize your defense. Because I feel like last season they they used to concede cheap goals, but at the same time, it was also a matter of not being able to. Uh, have a a, a, a a goalkeeper who is going to stay there for the longest mm. time. But then mm. this is when you have a stage Stevens who's who's there and is, is very much stable. And on top of that, you have a a Zita Macheco who's so impressive to a point that you 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 never thought you could actually see Zita Macheco, you know, coming out the way that he's coming out now. And and I think part of that is that he's playing more as, as, as a centre-back this season compared to last season. Whereas, you know, last season he was more of a right-back, you know, and all type of that. But you 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 look at their defensive setup, and there was no way they were not going to improve. Because, yes, they used to create, and yes, they used to score. But then the only thing that they needed to, to, to stabilise was their defence and this season is actually working and even now I, I still I personally still expect them to improve you know and going into the second round I still expect them to pick up points especially mm. at home because you know you, you still see them struggling in, in terms of scoring goals there and there but defensively very solid one of the one actually one of the solid teams we have in this league alongside Sikukun and you know for me, Skukuna are, 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 are also a, 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 a surprise package of some sort because I never expected them to be where they are now because 
mm-hmm. you know in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of preparation they were not one of the most prepared you know teams in the league but i think also the introduction of tabosinong to the technical team also did help them in a way because you know for the longest time we've been sitting here and complaining about about tabosinong as well as how he set up uh, his under 20 side you know defensively compact and yeah know, yeah expecting the team to actually you know play play counter attacking type of football but also the problem at Skukune this season is the same as the problems that the under 20 side used to have goal scoring you know they they, they just mm. don't score as much as they should and let me let me jump in there and and bring bring in shakes uh, while we're on this topic as Kukuni. Mshega, um it's Kukuni, man you know a lot of people are not aware of this but these people they've had a lot an influx of players i mean bo 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 you know bo bunyiko mobi came in bo willard katan and it wasn't just players that were coming in for the sake of players coming in it was players coming in bringing experience and bringing a whole lot of stability i mean bo bo willard katan the man you can rely on them uh, you know when the chips are down they'll get the team up you know Nico Mobi, yeah, fair, fair enough. He's, he's 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 not that experienced, but he's he's a seasoned campaign. I mean, he's he's experienced what relegation is with the likes of Bo, you know, Free State Stars, and he he's he's at where he's where he's at right now because he's solid. He's even a Bafana player. So personally, I'm not surprised because they 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 were active. They were just not making a lot of noise around being them being active, but they were active. Shay. Yeah, they were active, no doubt. And I think they needed to bring in that experience into the team. I think Edwin Jim as well has been really, really solid for them. I think Perusnat as well has come in and added something to the midfield as well. And I think I like what McDonald said, uh, Coach McDonald, when he said that they've come in to obviously be humble. And sometimes that's what you need. I think you, you, you when you come in guns firing, being promoted, sometimes this league can show you off, can can really show you off. And I think their approach is is very... It's very predictable in the sense that they always try to play necessarily on the counter. They wait for mm. you to come into their side of the space of the pitch. And once you come inside, they attack, they defend, they block. I think Tostan Sawata has been a very good good player for them as well this season. And I wanted to ask actually Opta Jabu, but he's not here because I actually, I actually wanted to figure out in terms of how many chances they create because I think sometimes they're probably the most efficient because Disky Rumble spoke about the fact that they do not score goals, which is true. And I don't think they, mm. they meant, they're not meant to score goals. But the one thing mm. I think they do well is that they'll create one chance in a game and they'll score that one chance and they'll defend really well. And I think it's working out for them. And I think also we must remember they're a promoted side. So I'm not expecting these guys to, I don't know, be where they are at this current stage. Even if they drop out of the top eight by the end of the season, if they remain within the, if they remain within the DST Premiership, that's what they would have wanted. But I definitely agree with Disky Rambin as well. The technical team, um, Tabas and Young, very strong, very solid, but they have, they have a structure. And the structure, I just wanted to just find out about the chances they create and how many of them they take despite the goals that they, they, they have at this moment. Yeah, and, and Jabu's back. And, and you know, while, while we're on that topic, uh, Jabu, Michelle, I was asking chances that Kukuni creates because I don't think they create a lot of chances. I mean, you, you look at the log table and you, you look at the goals that they've scored. These guys have scored, um, you know, they've scored 12, considered considered 11. So it kind of tells you they have they have a pretty good give and take type vibe. They can give as much as they can take. It's just a matter of that they know when to give and they know when to take. 
Um, that's true. I think Sekukune. Look, if you look at the games they've lost, né? they've only lost three matches against Chiefs, Pirates, and Sundowns. Mm-hmm. All right, Opta, you you've muted your mic. Um, please unmute yourself. I don't know what's happening there. All right, let's let's just okay. Opta, you back? Yes, I'm back. I was saying that yeah, cool. uh, Sekukune they've only lost three matches against Chiefs, Pirates, and Sundowns. Those are the only games that they've lost. Um, oh. And then as well in those games they considered two goals each. But then there's no other team that has scored more than once in a game against Sekukun. So it's when they come up against these giants, sort of um, speak, that they kind of falter. But as well, yeah. Pirates got a penalty. I think Sundowns also got a penalty against Sekukun. It's only Chiefs that has managed to breach Sekukun more than once. So mm. their defense is kind of solid. But then the question and, then and, becomes... And just to, just to jump in there, uh, with, with Kaiser Chiefs' second goal, it was a mistake from the goalie, the second goal. The second goal was a so mistake from also, the goalie. So yeah. there's that late on. So there's that factor as well. Um, but then you can only blame yourself if you're not scoring enough as well in the front that when you get a, these mistakes happening at the back that you end up drawing the match, you end up losing the game. So you need at least to be creating more up front. Um, what we have here, I'm an XG person, is that XG for Sekukune looks like 15 goals again not every game is covered here but then they mm. do have they started well they had averaging more than one xg per game until the end of october and then only in november did they start going down where it's only one game that's recorded here where they have xg above one goal so basically the last five games that are on record here pirates royal am sundowns super sport and chiefs only in one of those games they create enough chances to score one goal so they weren't creating that much mm. but in their first six seven games were actually pretty solid all right uh muzi before i forget about you my brother you may pose your question hey uh thank you for the opportunity to ask my question uh firstly uh, can i please respectfully um correct opta there uh Sikukune has lost six games this season, not three. They, um, from the top of my head, I do know that they've lost against Chipa. I do know they lost against Barroca. Sorry. So it's not. Yeah, it's, 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 they've lost six in total the, uh, this season. It is not Affirmative. three. Um, yeah. Which also kind of circles me to my concern and my question. You know, at the mid-season, um, we, you know, the, the product you're consuming, the PSL, we we love it. It's great, and Maybe because of Sundowns' dominance, uh, the question keeps coming and circling around, is this a farmer's league? You know, are we watching a team farm here? Um, mm. The fact that we knew before ball was kicked that this would happen. Before ball was kicked at the beginning of the season, mm. I don't think anyone listening or anyone participating on the panel could have argued with anyone to come to tell you that by mid-season, Sundowns would be over the hill. And they're already up over the hill and far away. Looking at the table, as I'm talking to you guys, they are the only team on double digits when it comes to goal difference. Not only are they on double digits, they're on 22 goal difference. And the closest team in goal difference to them is Kaiser Chiefs at six, right? The worry here is um, 
are we is the PSL giving preparing sundowns for the African for for for, for, for Africa? You know, for mm. because there's absolutely I feel like there's absolutely no resistance here. Uh, mm. If you think for, if you think that they play Pirates on Friday, if Sundowns beats Pirates on Friday, they would have beaten this team five times this calendar year. Mm. You know what I mean? They mm. played Barocca today. They played most of the game with the red card, and still outplayed Baroque. They, they had more pole position, they had more chances on goal, right? With a man down, you know, meaning they played better than a lot of PSL teams, even when they have a red card. Meaning they could come in with a man less and win against a lot of PSL teams. Uh, then the, the, the big question to the people, to, to the analysts, to, the, to someone like Shakes watches a lot of football outside the, you know, out, outside the, um, the continent. Does this blunt, does this blunt sundowns a bit now when it comes to when they have to face Weidat, for example, when they have to face, uh, you know, obviously Alakhli, when they have to face, because for the most part, they, they, they cruise past the, the so-called uh, medium teams in Africa. They're no longer a medium team in Africa. They are also, they can be easily considered um a top african team you know they top four top five easy mm. you know uh but does this does this league is this league a disadvantage for them when they have to face now esperance you know if they can get esperance in the knockout stages is this the reason why they keep uh they, they keep they, they keep getting stuck in the quarterfinals because they're good enough outfits they play well they they, they keep attracting the right players, you know. Uh, yes, at the moment they're, they're a little bit of what I'd call a rut, but their rut, their bad result in the PSL is a draw. A bad result for them is a draw that comes once in a while, and still they keep winning, right? It looks like they'll have wrapped up this league by the end of February, if I'm not mistaken, you know. Um, so the, the big question that I have to ask the panel is: this a disadvantage? Is this league? A disadvantage to sundowns moving forward also a little bit of a question uh there's a tell in there uh the fact it, the fact that we've got this team that does so well in africa uh yeah you see year in year out then we don't have we don't have a core at bafana bafana level that is built around them is that a disadvantage to bafana bafana as well so uh mm. yeah i'll yeah i'll ask I, i'll leave that and see what the panel has to say no, fair enough. I'll give Liolo. Would you like to take that? Then I'll I'll throw it to Go Shakes after that. Okay. So, at, uh, yeah, it, it 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 really does put them at at a disadvantage whenever they do go into Africa. Hence, why I've always maintained the notion that when it comes to the transfer window, I feel that they've graduated within within South Africa, and they've always I've felt that they've always had to you know, look outside of South Africa with regards to trying to strengthen the team, you know, because then when they do get players who have maybe that CAF experience, that's that could be the little difference, you know, and it could give them that competitive edge. And at the end of the day, man, it, it boils down to those two teams in Soweto, you know, and other teams as well, which are trying to grow within um, the DSTV Premiership. If they're not going to run their stall in an adequate manner where they look to be competitive, then this is what we're going to get, you know. And at the end of the day, that, 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 that's just it. It boils down to that. And they play some of the most beautiful football on their day. And they are so consistent. And the quality is just there for all to see, you know. It's just from um, a patriotic perspective as a South African, um, you'd obviously like to see them break into that barrier of 
um, uh, semi-final and then final and then going on all the way you know however at the end of the day you get what you you play I mean you play the guys who are in front of you week in week out and yeah it does put them at a slight disadvantage whenever they do go to Africa which I think the solution could be then looking to strengthen and getting players who have more experience and um, have more um, uh, yeah just basically more experience outside of just the PSL Yeah, please jump in and please take the Bafana question as well. Does it give advantage to, well, not say advantage because I'm not, we're also going to look at the Bafana Bafana and the dynamics thereof. I mean, the lack of Sundowns players in the Bafana team, but you also, you're also noticing that Bafana is on an upward trajectory in terms of performance. So please jump in with regards to that. Yeah, so on, on the Sundowns topic, I think obviously, yeah, they, they, they're far beyond, I think, all the rest of the teams. But I think also people must realize that this wasn't started yesterday. They, they, they started this whole plan a long time ago with regards to when Pito came in and stuff. So we shouldn't be surprised when now we're seeing this complete dominance of this team. They've got a style of play, they've got a philosophy, and everybody is accepting to it. And I think also... From our side, I think for me personally as a football fan who watches the game, I sometimes get frustrated and irritated when I hear coaches of Pirates and Sundowns and Cape Town City that are happy with results that they get. And I'm just like, no, but you're supposed to be competing for the league. And I'm and I'm glad someone like Letonian is in the is in is in this uh, space as well. Because you remember that chief side that used to give sort of those performances used to push um Sanons all the way. I remember the Michu and as well as the Rulani Pirates. I'll never forget those sides that were able to push all the way. And I think as probably football fans, that's why I understand the frustration from Pirates is that we need to also demand more from our teams in terms of how come you guys don't come up with a structure? How come you guys don't have a five-year plan? How come you guys don't have a 10-year plan? Because if that is not put in place, we're going to be seeing the Sundowns movie every single year. I'll tell you who's going to win the league next season. It's mumbling Sundowns. <laughs> that's, what's going, that's what's going to happen. But with regards to Bafana Bafana, I think, I think there is a notion that Obviously, Sundowns and Bafanovan have to work together. I'm very happy with the fact that there's a succession plan in terms of having to play these younger boys because I know that if they carry on playing together in three years' time, they'll be a much better team. I think they've overperformed, they've overachieved with regards to the qualifiers that they went through. And if they keep through through that plan, definitely. But I think the experience that um, Mamluk Sundowns has with regards to um, CAF as well, it is very important that both Bafana and Sundowns um, link up together, have a conversation, have a coffee, sit down, chat, and then also bleed in some of those players as well from that side. All right, cool. Uh, We're 30 minutes away from shutting the doors and yeah, uh, we hope we don't shut Team Sukazi outside. Anyway, um, Opta, we're talking about those three teams number four five and six but you know funny enough uh, this is one this is one team that we said yeah but they're getting relegated and we're definitely sure of that is bloemfontein celtic uh, they're number four man uh, they just happen to have a new name and <laughs> you know uh, and and, and hap- they happen to 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 have sms notification <laughs> sure thanks man um yeah i think a lot has changed there at royal am um, Muzi, thanks for that highlight. Um, TS, so six games, you're right, instead of three. 
Um, I think I was focusing on those two goals that they've conceded against those three teams. Those are the three games that I wanted to highlight. Sorry about that. But then back to Royal AM. The the one thing with Royal AM that stands out at this halfway stage of the season is that they have, I think, 12 different players that have found the net. Something like that. They have the highest for in the league. Um, just, yeah. Yes, it's 12. So even if um, Victor Lezualo is their leading scorer, he's their main marksman, but even when he doesn't score, there's still other players that can come up and um, carry that burden. So that's one thing that has helped mm-hmm. Irreal AM this season is that their goals scored are spread across the team. They have more scorers than Sundowns even. I think they are the only team mm-hmm. with more than 10 players to find the net at least once. So that's one fact I think that... Mm-hmm works in Royal AM's favour. And they've also scored a lot of late goals. I think we've talked about that at least on the timeline. That is 10 goals scored in the last 15 minutes of games. And again, that is more than any other side. So they are persistent and they don't give up. They're scoring as late as the 95th minute here. I see they've done it twice. So there's those two factors, I think, that stand out for Royal AM. And they've they've surprised us. They've surprised me personally as well so it's more kind of like we don't care who you are we're gonna find you and we will outscore you we will find you and we will outscore you um even if you you score us but we'll also still find a way to to get through on the other end um that sundowns game is 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 a exemplar of what AM is about even if they were trailing 3 0, mm. still in the last, mm. um, sorry, they were trailing by a margin, but they still three, scored yeah, three, late yeah. goals. They mm. still managed to pull back two late goals, um, in the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something along those lines. And that's that's just a full picture mm. of who they are and what, what, what they can do fearless, um, never giving up and fighting all the way till the end. All right, um, Disky is simple a fraud? <laughs> Can I call him that? Because you see a lot of people saying, ah, he's a fraud, given what it is that he has, the resources that he had. But what resources are we talking about? Because uh, this team keeps on selling its best assets every season. But he's there, he's number seven. Is yeah. he a fraud? I, I, no, I, I think first and foremost, we need to understand what the mandate is. Um, from Supersport, are they expecting him to win the league? Are they expecting him to be in the top eight? Or are they expecting him to just keep the team in, in, in the league? Now, what what will then answer those questions is you look at the squad composition as well as the players that they lose. I mean, Supersport in the past, what, four or five seasons... They, they they keep on losing their best players to maybe to in fact it's not maybe it's always to Sundowns. You can say yeah, you can say it. Yeah, it, you know it's always to Sundowns. Then how do you then expect these people to to actually win the league? Because uh, here's a team which is made up of mostly young, you know, young players from the MDC, and you know you can't even try to draw pa- parallels between them as well as an IX Amsterdam of some sort because those are two completely different outfits as well. 
So I think for me, I I I, I don't think I would love to to call Tembo a fraud, but uh, maybe you know to a certain extent, I, I feel like he can do better. But at the same time, it's like it's actually like understandable given what he has and what he loses almost after every six months or after every season. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, because you can be guaranteed. I'm sorry to jump in. You you can yeah, be yeah. almost guaranteed that uh, now in January there's going to be a team that comes knocking, and they're going to knock for we all know who they're going to come for that number, jersey number ten, or they they're going to come for Devo Homogwe. And you know, sometimes they they have no choice but to to sell because of COVID football, and I call it COVID football. They have to sell yeah, yeah. because they have to keep afloat. I mean, there were even even rumors of them selling the club at some point, so they have to keep afloat. Yeah, I, I mean, look, look at, you know, since since when? 2018, they've lost your Jeremy Brokey, they've lost your Michael Boxel, they've lost your Dean Femmons, um, now Obrimutiba, and who else? The Grand Kikan. Those those are the sort of players who can actually win in championships. But if you lose so many players and 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 just you know under two years or under three years, then you are bound to to find yourself in, in in this particular situation, and you know, and given that you you look at where they always are, they are always in the top six, and it's it, it's not by coincidence that they're always in the top six. You know, there's a team that they understand who they are, and they're actually um, living to their standards. You know, but. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's there's anyone else who can come into this team and actually make them better right away. Because mm. if 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 you were to remember, not so long ago they had a Kevin Johnson who came into the team, tried to make them play um, some more enterprising football, but at the same time they actually struggled. And then in comes Stuart Baxter, and they suddenly go back to being a pragmatic team and. They start finishing in, in the top four once again. They start winning championships once again. So you you you, you just can't expect them to be better than um, how they are at the moment, unfortunately. Mm, mm, mm. Liolo, um, now I'm going to come in and I'm going to ask you because this is... I, I, I consume a lot of your content and that's why I brought you guys into this panel. You mentioned where Umbule was being played particularly and... and for some odd reason, uh, Tembo shifted Mbule to the left, and I I couldn't understand why it is that he did it. And you then highlighted that he's you know he's more potent or he's more lethal when he comes into the middle, and he has some sort of like an, that number ten role, and that's where you 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 get to see the best of him, you know. And do you think Tembo got it wrong there, and that's the reason why he was then labeled a fraud? So uh, w- w- with um, Coach Keitano, I think there's two sides of the coin. And the first side of the coin we have to address is um, the man he is, he's understanding, his game model and what he's been allowed to do, you know. And for him, it's to set up in the way that he sees fit, you know. The other side of the coin then is when there's um, progressive thinking football fans you know, like all of us on the timeline who watch this football and think, but come on, how do you play a flat 4-4-2 with no width, with four centimeters and two strikers, you know? So that then um, brings in Umbule. And if you have a look at the type of player that he is, naturally he loves to, um, he loves to occupy central pockets of spaces. 
you know and he loves to dictate terms and he also likes to roam a bit you know and whenever then you do play him off um off the left he's always looking then to to drift in and i yeah. think that's where he's got it wrong and that's why then if you if you look at super sport at times they become very narrow you know and at times they play with four center mids i've seen a game where they'll start weber on the right hand side they'll start john and mukwena in the heart of midfield then they'll start mbule those are four center mids you know none yeah. of them are um gonna really stretch the pitch with regards to the width you know and yeah. what my thing with tembuna is that he can still because he loves to play with two strikers right and there's nothing wrong with playing with two strikers it's just having then creativity from central pockets of spaces having somebody who can then be able to dictate terms from vertical zone three and then also having the width because at times they don't have the width so when i look at this super sports side you know it boils down to two sides of the coin he's got his own way but when i look at it they could actually set up very well in a 3-5-2 you know and with the 3-5-2 as the left wing back you could have basera who gives you the width who's always looking to bring those crosses in as the right wing back you could have keenan phillips you know who could play in in, in that role and then as the two in the heart of midfield you've got mukwena you've got don sitting in front of them as a 10 in his favorite position where he can roam mm-hmm. and um occupy the two half spaces look then to push further up the pitch into zone 14 look to pop into the box because he's also got an eye for goal that's bule and then in front mm-hmm. of him you can have krobla and kabuza the back three then you could have um mkwanazi playing in the middle of the two on the left hand side to talk with because he's a left footed player on the mm-hmm. right hand side you could have flurs you could have ntapo you know and off the bench you got lungu you got oswana polis and you've got reynance as well so when i look at this super sport side i see a, a, a sort of not perfect but near perfect a 352 team which then would still retain the fundamental nuances of what tembo's trying to do with regards to having a solid midfield two and two um two two strikers up front and then just add the width and um the creativity from the central pockets of spaces all right cool uh, now i then ask shakes because you know from what you are saying you kind of have this rigid approach from tembo and 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 he's i then ask hore is he then rigid because of the fact that that's what he knows from the development side of it you know sometimes it it works in your favor be, being within the development structure and growing with these players sometimes it works against you in a sense that you then have this fixated view of things to say I, i've played mbude when he was a lighty and i used to claim you know drifting from the coming in from the left and he was solid now i can't because now there are different players that are playing within that system now players that were not in the super sport academy would then come in and and complement him do, do you think that worked against them as a coach it does work against them or do you think i'm i'm, I'm just clutching it through look uh, perhaps it could work against them that's for sure but i do like what leol said in terms of the way that he is sort of stagnating some players as well because you sort of look at the players that he has there's some creative gems there i think sipombule as well has got a knife for goal like leolo said as well and i think that system that he's mentioned um is definitely something that could work and i i think i think sometimes within the dstv premiership you sometimes caught up trying to sort of retain the top 8 status to sort of be part of that but you can see that with with super sport there can be so much more um with the gossip of this team but i think also with with the likes of 
uh, that Disco Rambo said in terms of what is the mandate of the team. And I think you've seen a lot of players underneath 25 and under who have started quite a bit of games as well. And I think that's the that's the plan in terms of having to get the, get the youngsters into starting games. And then maybe in years to come, you'll probably see the team that you would like to see. The only problem is, is that, like you mentioned, in January, we might see a player go. We might see two players go. Now, if these youngsters keep performing well, it seems like they're always going to keep going and we might never see the super sport that we imagine it to be. Correct. And, and you know, funny enough, because uh, I, was, I was checking, but I, I'd like to close the super sport chat. I just want to bring in something because I was watching the Tiko Morise uh, interview and everybody was talking about it. Um, even the super sport, Gavin Hunt super sport that went on to win the league had to sell its best players. And the best player at the time was Tolofero Mudise. Before the season even started, it chugged that player out. It sold him to Pirates. And and yeah, but they ended up winning the league. But anyway, let's let's just move on from that. Um, Jabu, what's happening with the new Swallows, man? And uh, The new Swallows is in KZN. Um, it, it's it, it's kind of like been long coming. Um, he's he's finding it hard to win games now. He's He's been drawing a lot of games as well. And I'd be very interested to find out... Uh, his longest streak of, of, of games that he's drawn. Oh, wow. They actually drew today, didn't they? They did, yes. So that makes that makes it seven draws in a row. Am I right? 100%. Um, yes, and that's their record for the PSL. It's the first time ever Amazulu have drawn seven ga- league games in a row. Their previous best was six in 2011-12. Uh, funny when Benny was actually playing for Pirates, but then now seven draws in a row is a record for them so um i should post that actually as content thank you for that reminder um (laughs) (laughs) but um i think if you look at amazulu the one thing that stands out again i'll just pick on one thing um obviously the draws everyone knows about but they are very open at the back they seem to be allowing so many shots to be taken against them and this is not just in terms of quantity of shots in because they can take the lead and the other team becomes desperate and they just start taking shots from anywhere. But also in terms of the quality of the shots, um, they are allowing the teams to hit them hard in key areas. So it's not a surprise today to see them. Obviously, there were errors there, but then they already 2-0 down in the first half hour. But then if all these teams they were playing were actually clinical, would have seen this more often. Amazulu trailing by halftime, 2-0 down by halftime, because they take... They give their opponents so many chances. There was a stat, I can't find it right now, but it's along the lines of in 90% of the games Amazulu have played, they've been outshot mm. by the opponents. Mm. So there's like one or two games where they had more shots than the opponents. I'll find that for you maybe before we close so that I'm 100% accurate. But then right. that's a symbol of their weakness, if I may say. Mm-hmm. All right, Shakes. You know, I looked at the Amazulu game and I saw livid. I, you know, I had predicted an Amazulu win, and 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 which is, I thought it's there, man. This, you know, there's there's nothing scary about this Ketlenki's cheaper uh, United. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, and I want to, I wanted to feed off somebody and and, and ask this because maybe I could be imagining things. Veli Motom and, and their goals. Um, they were a bit strange. Like there was even another, you know, there, there was even another incident 
90th minute where he threw he he hit the ball in his hand he threw it away but he passed the the cheaper players and, and that raises a lot of alarm you know because he's a former cheaper player i mean he's always going to be under scrutiny when he's playing against that team am i am i just was i hallucinating or what, did you also notice the same thing Look, I noticed it, but I think it's fair to say that I think you're hallucinating. I think when I watch when I watch Amazulu myself, I I do not see him as the worst player uh, within the team. I don't I don't look at him and think, oh, he's the guy who's the the reason as to why they're underperforming. So I would probably would say hallucinating. And how you predicted they were going to win that game when you had six examples previously towards that, I'm, I'm surprised. So. Uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, so so for me, when I look at Velimoto, I think it was just a bad game for him today. I think he's kept about a number of clean sheets as well. He's kept about seven clean sheets in the league. That's mm-hmm. that's very good. You know, that's very mm-hmm. good from his side of the thing. I think Amazulu, my issues with regards to Amazulu that I have is that maybe the goal scoring is not happening per se. Um, the goal sharing as well. I think there's some players that I look in that team and I think they need to take more ownership of their own performances. Um, within the team and then once that comes together then maybe we'll get a team that's playing much better but I also must highlight I really believe that these post-match interviews that Benny Makati has I don't think mm-hmm. it helps the team eh? I really do not, not think it helps the team I think it actually puts them even under more pressure to perform the next time and sometimes you find them conceding first then they have to come back into the game but I think mm-hmm. his post-match interviews have also played a role in their lack of confidence as well you know Disky um benny he's talking about post-match interviews and benny in these post-match interviews he blames a lot of people if it's not the owners it's the fans if it's not the fans it's the referees or the players but predominantly it's the players um i sometimes listen to him and i'm like uh, i think the one guy that you should be blaming is yourself because how do you put in julian Maema confidently so on the bench is no absolutely absolutely um Forget even you know at times forget a, a player like Ndu. How on earth do you bench a player like um, Memela? How do you bench a player like Augustine Mulenga? I mean, Kabosom Mulenga is a, was was actually the best Amazulu player from last season, and dare I say, he was in the top three of the most creative players we had last season. And you come into this season and Mulenga is is nowhere to be seen. Yes, at some point there was there was a time whereby he was injured, but he was struggling in front of goals. Why are you not bringing in this guy to come and actually solve that issue for you? Because yes, you do have these players, but at the same time, you have a Stellarium Kembo starting games for you. You know, you have. There's just so many decisions that the technical team keeps on making and you ask yourself that are these people actually expecting to compete for the league or are they expecting to be better than last season? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you, the decision making this season is actually way worse compared to last to last season. And yes, of course, last season they, they were going to win because they were still in, a, in, in that honeymoon phase. But now we need to come back and start with some proper coaching let's see mm. if whether you believe in in your players or not because if ever there's one thing that uh, a coach like Benish would actually shy away from is killing his players because the the players that Amazulu have are not your ordinary players these are not mm. the players you have coming from a team like 
and I'm sorry for saying this, but these are not your players coming from Evaroka or Chipper United. These mm-hmm. are players who used to play for big teams. And what do you, if you can't manage a big player, then there's no way that your team is going to perform. And you are going to play in patches for the rest of the season. And for as long as you don't change that, and, and the psyche as well as the mentality of the players is also not going to change. No one is going to fight for you anymore. Interesting, interesting, and it, it, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to get easier. Um, I foresee another record being broken with for, for draws, and, and you know, Benny called it. He might have jinxed himself, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, okay, I'm going to try and wrap it up a bit. Liolo, uh, I'm going to skip arrows because we we were not expecting much from them. I think they they're giving us what we expected. I'm going to go to Tinkler. Uh, with all the resources, with all the backing, why is he outside the top eight and why is nobody saying anything about that? So two things. Um, it's sort of two things can be can be right at the same time. And people then also being a bit lenient because it is his first season back at Cape Town City. But with me, I'm disappointed because when you have a look at Cape Town City and you have a look at some of their best performances and what they did um, around when, when Tinkler makes that tactical change to a 3-4-3 against Sundowns in the MTN8 final, what we saw from Cape Town City then was high quality football. You know, how mm. they pressed, how they moved the ball, you know. And at some point, I remember I was watching the final with a Sundowns fan and this guy went quiet, you know. And I asked him, why are you going quiet? He's like, I, I feel like we might end up losing this, you know. And then you have a look at them when they mm-hmm. played against Sundowns in the league again. You know, and that for me is like, this is a side that is very inconsistent and they struggle then to manage games. They struggle then to manage the intensity and the tempo. And a great example of um, Cape Town City's season and the type of team they are is the game they played against Golden Arrows. You know, at 55 minutes, they are 4-0 up. And then five minutes left of the game, they're scrambling, defending for their lives. The game ends 4-3. You know, Mm. and that's Mm. not supposed to happen. That is not supposed to happen. And at times they become unrecognizable. Coach Eric Tinkler said so himself in in, in post-match interviews that, you know, I almost couldn't recognize my players out there. I almost couldn't um, recognize what we're trying to do, you know. However, Mm. if there is a positive that I can draw out of um, Cape Town City is... A, when I always look at a coach, high recognition value with regards to his game model, I can see that it's clear what he's trying to do. And when you look at some of the individuals that that he has, and you look at the team that he has, those are quality players, you know. Those players, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. players can, can can get you challenging and competing and further up further up the table, you know. And another thing then is how then they are well adept when it comes to their tactical acumen and they can switch easily to a 3-4-3. They can go to a 4-3-3 as well. But it just boils down to them being very inconsistent with regards to managing the games and managing the intensity as well. And the, 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 the elephant in the room is the defensive problems that they have. And you mentioned the defensive problems. Mshega, um, how do I then, as Eric Tinkler, confidently so have two of the top, top three left backs in the world? in the league uh, how do i have him um, tanzani uh, that's that's on top of his game how do i then have ralani that's you know that's just playing like like maturing like wi- fine wine 
you have a mukeke and and you know you have umakola backing them up you even your bench is looking proper uh, but you 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 look like you you're taking chances at number 10 how, how do i just how do i confidently look at my bosses and say yeah, no, look, I think we we go, we're giving as good as we're getting, and we we confident, we comfortable in the fact that we we at number ten. I mean, just understand the fact that we in, we were in the final of a of a cup just not so long ago. Yeah, no, you you definitely right. Uh, how does he look at his bosses? It must be very hard for him. I think that I think what Liolo has also mentioned in terms of when you see the game against Mamelodi Sundowns within the league and as within the cup, that's when you've seen sort of. Um, Cape Town City go for it but sometimes you sort of have to question the mentality is it because Sundowns is on the other side I mean that's what I'm saying in terms of the players that he has the quality that he has and I think also Tinkler this season has sort of focused more on conceding less goals because remember how open they were last season they were a lot more open mm-hmm. they were, they were, funny enough they were scoring more but they were also conceding a lot more goals but this season it seems like they're not scoring enough and they're also not conceding as much so maybe in the sense that maybe with the with the gospel he styles he's been a little bit a little bit more pragmatic and i think also with the individual of players as well because you speak about Ralani, you speak about some of these players that are that are like wine or something i think even some of their performances as well has sort of dipped a little bit and i think they need yeah. to share they need to share responsibility because it always feels like when i watch Cape Town City, only one person is going to score. I don't necessarily see other players that are going to score. I think sometimes Fagri Lake could manage his runs in terms of where he goes and how his movements are because he's a really quick player. But I think also Tabo Nadada as well. I haven't seen this player in like almost a year now. So I just think there's some players that also individually wise, they also need to step up their game too. All right, cool. Um, let's go to, let's go up north. Um, Diski, you know, then, then Malesela and 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 Marumo Kalens. You have this sense like you could put the owner of the team and then Malesela in the room and just slap the both of them and be on some. What took you guys so long? Because like that's marriage made in heaven. Like we all knew they play the type of football that Dan Dance want to play. They have the type of players that Dan Dance can get the best out of, and but they never made it happened they were busy chasing all these plumbers from outside the country and yeah it they finally made it happen and, and things are happening there's there's magic that's happening i personally i thought they were gonna get relegated i don't think so anymore what's your take on that man uh you know during the season we were say we, we were sitting here and we were saying ah these guys are definitely going you know because also lack of preparation from their side but then um all of a sudden, here's a Den Malisela who comes into the team and they look so, so different compared to the Maruma Gallants we saw in, you know, like in the first, uh, what, five, eight games of the season. Completely yeah. different outlook. And I, I think also it's a matter of coaches coming in and showing that they actually believe in, in, in their players. I've, you know, for the longest time, I've always been sitting here and asking myself, how is it on earth that do coaches, you know, do PSL coaches sit and think they're going to survive relegation with a player like Lizio Kwapeng, for example, as your, as your main striker? But here's a Lizio Kwapeng who all of a sudden he looks like he's, 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 he's a goal scorer of some sort, you know. He's the most confident striker 
they have in their team as well. And I think it, it also goes to that, you know, to say, allow coaches to come into your team and do what they have to do. But also, if ever there's one element that we, we have to give credit to Denmark, Denmark is for is, you know, his style of play is, is starting to change. He's no longer a Denmark seller whose team used to just play for the sake of keeping the ball. But now you mm. see them getting into the final third, creating more chances, and also still be able to stay uh, compact in defense. So that's what I think most of us have always wanted to see from his team. To say, can you come into a team and not... Don't make them keep the ball better, but make mm-hmm. them score goals, make them create goals. Like, we want to see you win points. And at, at this rate that they're actually going, um, I think they might actually find themselves in the top eight as well. And, and, and you know, I, I somehow agree with you. Uh, Liolo, top eight, is it possible for them to be in there? Yeah, definitely. I, I think top eight is... Is, 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 is something which is on the cards and especially when you consider like you guys have touched on the players, the coach and how the coach has improved as well. My biggest issue with Dan Dance was always that I just felt that his game model lacked final third penetration and he wasn't um, always as direct. So I understand the um, wanting to keep ball possession. I understand all of that. It's just at times you just have to remember we're playing a football game with goalposts and um, that's the only way you're going to win the games is if you score the goals and we're starting to see a change in that and I definitely do think that um, a, a top 8 finish is, is is on the cards you know what's going to be interesting then is seeing what do they do with the break that comes in January you know and how do they look then to improve and how do they come back then um, to finish off to finish off the season because they currently do have the momentum and when you've got the momentum on your side, you just want to keep playing, you know. Especially now when you look at um, uh, the schedule where you're playing a game every third or second day. And yeah, but otherwise, so far so good. And I like what I see. And um, and what I like about this this crop of players is that they've always, they've always been fearless, you know, irrespective. Mm-hmm. Even when I watched them when they were sitting at the bottom of the table. But I just, I just didn't sense any fear from these players, you know. They've sort of got that arrogance to them when they're on the field of play. And um, when they get a coach then who really then believes in um, more or less their style, you know, it, it, it's perfect because then you're not getting a coach who's going to come and try alter your style of play, but you're getting a coach then who's just going to give you a platform and just put his arm around you and say, go play football, guys, you know? And yeah, so I think I think it's on the cards. And especially when you, when you look at the other teams around them, You've got Cape Town City, you've got Golden Arrows, and you've got Amazulu. Gallants have uh, much more momentum, and um, they're looking a lot more consistent than those three teams above them. So I think they can break into the top eight. You know, Shege, um, you sure when Peng Esi looks at, at, at uh, Gallants, it's like that little kid that had this nice toy and chucked it away. You know, saw a new toy, but now sees the other kid having fun with that toy. I'm sure. I'm sure he's celebrating wherever he is. He's like, ah, this guy must come back now. Yeah, he's he's, he's, poss- he's possibly celebrating, and funny enough, maybe he might make a move for him before the end of the season. But I think with Cheaper United, 
you almost know what to expect. I don't think anybody stays long enough to even create a philosophy or get them to play the way that they would like to play as well. And and I, they don't get enough time. I think coaches don't get enough mm. time. And I think that's the struggle that Chippenbingers is just always going to have to come with. Funny enough, I actually think they're playing much differently under Kit Linkies than what they played under Gavin Hunt. I thought with under Gavin Hunt, they were very defensive. They were always set back. They were more worried about having to not lose the game. And whereas with Kit Linkies, on the other hand, with, with the games that they've played, even if they lost to TS Galaxy, I just have seen them become more adventurous, try to get to the other side of the pitch, try to score goals. And I think that's what I'm seeing. But is he envious? Yes. Will he make a move? Probably. All right. Um, while we're mentioning Gavin Hunt and, and the contrast between his style of football and, and Kat Lenke's, Liolo, um, from, a, from a fan's point of view, oh, I've lost Liolo. Maybe let me bring you in. And I'm, I know it's unfair for me to bring you into this question, but I'm going to do it anyway. Has football left Kevin Hunt? <laughs> um, I, I think I think I've been saying that for a couple of seasons now. Mm. Um, as a coach, you need to be able to move with time. Uh, we, we see this with with we see this with a coach like David Moyes, for example, a very pragmatic coach, but at the same time, very much improved. Now. If you were to compare Gavin Hunt in 2007 and today, there's no difference. He's still the very same coach that he was. If mm. you were to compare a Peter Misimani to um, 2004 and today, it's very much different compared to how he was back then. So, mm. unfortunately, mm. If, if, if as a coach you don't want to improve and move with times, then football is definitely going to leave you. I mean, we, we can't say football is, is going to leave players and, and, and think coaches are actually immune to such things. No, they're not. Just come. Improve yourself and keep on doing what you, you've you been doing for the longest time. Oh, by the way, it's for, it's interest, another interesting fact that you're mentioning, 2007, Coach Rulani Mukwena was 18 years old. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Let's just move on now. Jabu, is, is, is Dylan K going to save Salas? <laughs> Yo, it's a tough ask, eh? Um, I think the one stat we shared was that Swallows have scored or had scored five goals at the halfway stage. And that's the fewest in the history of the PSL. Not just for Swallows or Morocco Swallows, but any team that has ever played in the PSL, at least in the 30-game era, 2002 onwards. No team had scored five goals at the halfway stage. So their problem is glaring. It's obvious they just have to sort out that goal-scoring issue and create as many chances as they can. Um, can Dylan Kerr do it? Um, I don't know. But the good thing he has is that he's not too far behind. You know, it's very tight at the bottom there. Um, I see here 10 points. Uh, Baroka at the bottom, five points separating 12th and 16th. He has a lot of room to play with, so maybe he can mm. get them on some form and then start moving mm. up to table. Even beyond that, he's only between Baroka 16th and Amazulu in 8th, or rather Arrows in 9th. The top 8 is separated by just 9 points. So mm. if you win 3-4 games um, out of the next 5 or 6, you should be moving up and be a bit safer. So the opportunity is there for him. Um, it's not a lost cause at all. All right. Um, interesting. Now, 
Mshega, I have to come to you and 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 ask you. We we saw, you know, beginning of beginning of the season, well, when things were not going going well, uh, we saw Owen Dagama being kicked out, and we were all assuming because there should be a succession plan. There's this coach that has coached Golden Arrows, that has coached Tugs uh, by the name of Sean Bartlett. He knows how the PSL works. We, he's going to be given this, the hot seat, but he wasn't. Um, they fetched a guy that had never had... Basically, this guy was breaking his virginity when it comes to leading a team. By His name His name is, is, is Ramovic. Um, German philosophy. We've had a chat about German philosophy. And then very interesting, I would like to expand on that later, though, at a later stage. He's coming. Uh, they're playing proper football. I'm, I've been impressed. Um, personally, I thought they were going to be still at the bottom. But here they are. They've, they've managed to climb up the, the ladder. And they're playing solid. To a point that um, Tim Sugazi and his head, they claim that, they're claiming that uh, they're being targeted where you look at certain decisions by the referee. But otherwise, the football in general has been played proper. Are we impressed by this guy? Yeah, no, so far so good. Uh, so far so good for him. Uh, I think it was what was most important for him was to eventually get some victories. And I think he's been he's been able to get those victories. And they're keeping the ball a lot more. Um, the first game that that, that, that was under him, I, I felt as though that maybe there was a little bit of an obsession with regards to possession. Um, and with time as it as it's gradually grown, now they found it, finding a way to now sort of penetrate the final third, penetrate the box as well moving the ball a lot quicker. So I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. And if they if they keep on this way, I think I think I think Team Sukazi can be can be sure that maybe the status will be saved. The only problem that I have with regards to football, especially the STV premiership, is that we've got a month um, a month away from well after December break, it's a month and you don't know mm. what teams are gonna look like after the, mm. the transfer window. But from what I've seen of of, of seed is that yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a team that that loves possession. They really do love possession, and and now they're starting to use it a lot more. And I think maybe if they could they could do with someone up front, Maklupo as well. I don't know if he's the guy to sort of get double figures, but I think they create they create chances. They keep the ball, and I think there's positives from what we've seen in a short space amount of time. All right, um, Liolo, we we've had some interesting quotes from football can kill you. To all sorts of stuff. Um, is is this gentleman by the name of Tovejani about to quote himself out of the PSR, or do you think he's going to yes, save sir. the status of the of the club? Sorry, I didn't get your question. I, I'm asking if 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 the Barocca coach is he is he going to save the team? Um, they they're languishing bottom of the log. Yeah, uh, they but they still within it. All right. Um, let me just move on. Are, are you guys able? Are you guys able to hear me? Shakes? Am I audible? All right. Cool. Uh, Leo, I think it's, the issue is coming from your end. So let me pose that question to Diski Rambo. Um, Baroka, are they are they going to survive somehow? Do you see them surviving, or their tricks will finally catch up with them? No, they 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 are going. Um, I I. I... You know, it, it's just so disappointing when teams don't prepare themselves as, as much as they should. And for some odd reason, I think they they, they have this uh, belief that they're going to survive. But how are you going to survive when 
it's so much it's so difficult for you to get into the final third i mean yes we can see you trying to to keep the shape at the back and try to be compact as much as you can but you can't even you know get out of your own half go and create chances and score goals and on top of yeah. that you 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 find yourself in a position whereby evidence mahopa has been off for the longest of time and yeah. Yeah. no one is actually sharing the load with him and if he's not scoring goals then where are the goals actually going to come from and i mean look look at baroka today even playing against the sundowns side which was one man short and they still couldn't find the ball from sundowns and then yeah. you ask yourself and then you ask yourself if these people find it so difficult to play against ten men where on earth do they think they're going to get their points from <laughs> yeah interesting interesting uh all right gentlemen uh we've come to the end of the space i don't want to keep you guys any longer because i'd like to release you cuddle time awaits uh how we're going to do this uh, I, without substantiating your answer i'm going to ask each and every one of you to give me a team and basically that's it you don't have to tell me why it is that you think that's going to happen but yeah we 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 at that space leon i hope i'm you I'm, i'm audible to you now uh i see you've requested shakes who's getting relegated uh, i think this oh boy baroka cool tiski baroka All right, Leon, I'm not sure if you're able to keep up with what's happening with in the chat. Uh who's getting relegated without substantiating your answer? Uh, Baroka. Opta? Um Chipa. Playoffs, Opta? Baroka. Who's in the playoff? Baroka. Cool. Uh Shakes? Chipa. Iski? Chipper United. Luolo? Uh, Chipper United. They love playoffs. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's going to be number eight? Opta? Oof. Cape Town City. Iski? Uh, Sikukune. Jakes? Super Sport United. Liolo. Sikukun. All right. Who's going to be number four? Jakes. <laughs> yes, as men. Uh <laughs> Amasama Zulu is going to be number four. All right. Opta. Um I'm looking at Okay, well, super sword. We'll come back to you after Disky number four. No, um, as Gamam keys, yeah, going to. All right, after you say super sport, Disky, you say uh, Royal AM, Liolo. Yeah, Royal AM. Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch. Cool. Now we're getting into continental football. Number three, Liolo. Right, Pirates. Opta. Uh, Pirates. Disky? Pirates as well. All right, Shega? Pirates, 100%. All right, cool. Let, let's make it interesting because already if I, if, if 
Pirates is number three. We already know num- who number one is, who number two is. Uh, how many points is Kaiser Chiefs going to end on? Thanks. Uh, I, am I allowed to say 50-something? You're allowed, you're allowed. Yeah. Uh, okay, 50-something 50 50 something points. 50-something 50 positive, uh, 50-something positive or 50-something negative in a sense that five minus or five plus. Five minus or five plus? I don't know. They're gonna end up. They're gonna end up. <laughs> yeah, no, as in 55, 55 plus or 55 oh. minus. Okay, I say they'll end up with 55 plus just. Oh. All right, cool. Okay. Um, 52. Whiskey? No, above 52. Liora? <laughs> uh, yeah. In that range, 50 to 55. But All I right, cool. 50. All right. Uh, Disky, are we seeing Sundowns break the 71-point mark? Yeah, at, at this rate, they, they're, actually going to, they're actually going to break it. I mean, uh, how many points have they dropped? I don't know. But uh, they're All actually right. going to break it. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Leo, how many points is Sundowns ending on? 77. Shakes, uh, Okay, let me go to Opta, come back to you, Shakes. Opta, how many goals is Peter Shalulia going to score? Um, 22. All right, cool. Uh, Shakes, how many clean sheets is Sundowns going to keep? <laughs> uh, a comfortable 19 clean sheets. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I've had fun. I've had tons and tons of fun. I have put you on record uh, for the midway space season. We will have the end of the season just before this, the, the season ends. And I can come and hold you accountable for everything that you've been saying. And yeah, uh, everybody that's listening, you are witness to what we've what it is that's been said by the gentleman. I hold them highly with regards to their football opinion. I don't think it's second to anybody that's that's here. Or maybe Kubo can jump into this. We can jump into the panel next time. Kubo, please. Next time, sort out your network. I'd love to have you as part of the panel. Karabo Rituri, as well, please. You're going to be part of the panel. Please, please, please. Gentlemen, sh- thank you very much. Shakes, your parting shot. Hey, Lokoko, uh, thank you so much for the invite, man. I I always say yes to your invite because of the purity of this platform. So keep it going, keep it, keep it rocking, and keep it this pure, please. That's all I ask. But thank you so much for the invite. It's a pleasure, my brother. Uh, Jabba. No, thank you for the invite, man. If people have any questions regarding history of stats and PSL, just add us on social media. We try to answer as many questions as we can for absolutely free, so people shouldn't be afraid to ask us questions. All right. Uh, Disky? No, man. Uh, thank you very much for, for, for tonight. I, w- I was actually planning on taking a sabbatical, but then... Um, you had to, you know, force my hand in a way, but yeah. Funny enough, you're the only one that I didn't even ask here. Yeah, I went and asked each and every one of these chants when I told you that on this day we're having it. I didn't even come to your DMs or anything. I just told you on this day we're having this thing. Thank you for honoring yeah. the invite. No, you're Hello. welcome, my friend. Oh, no. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invite. And yeah, thank you to everybody who's, who's taken their time out to listen to this beautiful conversation and personally i'd just like to thank everybody who's who's supported um me and my channel and 
what I'm doing and I appreciate each and every single one of you and yeah thank you I think this is such um, a beautiful conversation to have and I look forward to 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 the next one that's if there won't be another analyst who's gonna just knock me off this panel <laughs> no anyway. I think I think uh, I, I think you, you you've managed to Morocco swallows your way in this conversation so you you you're safe <laughs> You're safe. There'll be a Barroca. There, there won't be any Barroca that's getting knocked out of this con- uh, conversation. If anything, we we're adding more to the panel and we're having a, a, a lengthier chat. No, thank you. Thank you very much, my brother. I'm deeply humbled and uh, thank you to all the panelists. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed sharing the space with you guys. Very knowledgeable, very wise gentlemen. And um, yeah, I look forward to interacting with you guys on the timeline. And yeah, thank you to everybody who's listened. And yeah, I hope everybody has. Uh, a great evening everybody sleeps well and take care of yourselves guys please i want to see everybody make it to the next year and um, god bless each and every single one of you and your loved ones thank you all right cool um i'd like to thank each and every person that's taken their time to listen to the space uh jack gave us an a feature into this app that we are addicted to and yeah we we made use of it we took a chance and it's paying off. I'd like to thank the panel. I'd like to thank you guys for being supportive throughout the year. It's been a very, a very fruitful year in the sense that we've been learning. These gentlemen that I've brought here, please make use of their platforms. So, you know, support their craft. I, I, there's a reason why I brought them here. And I, I like I, like I said, I, I really, really respect their opinion. Jump into their DMs. Uh, if they've blocked you, tell me i'll tell i'll force them to unblock you because i do not think anybody should miss out on what what these gentlemen have to offer um i'd also like more especially the listener thank you thank you thank you you guys have been with us and by by being a listener i know you're a consumer of each and every product that's here it's been a year where we were giving away custard it's been a year that would you know yeah it's it's been one crazy year and thank you thank you very much Take care of yourself, stay safe, look after the people that you love, and I hope we're going to come back next year. Be on the lookout for fresh content, the space. Uh, my producer, Kumo, thank you very much. Pro, uh, big ups, man. You, you, you've really been helpful in the background. Tolo, uh, thank you very much. My research team, there's a guy that doesn't like to be mentioned, but yeah, he goes by the name of... Actually, yeah, no, he doesn't like to be mentioned. He wants to remain anonymous. So I'm not going to tell you guys that it's important. So, yeah, you know, thank you guys. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. And I look to, I look forward to having a space. We will have space the week, the week of the 15th of Jan. I think we should all go rest. Ginky, uh, bake some cookies there. I'm going to come in and place an order. So, yeah, we're going to rest. Let's rest, guys. Come back in the new year. Fresh, revitalized. Let's troll one another on the timeline. Let's look forward to the tournament, the fantasy league, that fantasy cup that's about to happen. And yeah, let's make fun of it. And, and you know, let's let's laugh a little, man. Let's not take life too seriously. We're here to have fun. And I've, I'm grateful for this year. Uh, I love you guys. Remember to treat the people that you love proper. Be good to them. And enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy your cuddle time. Cheers, cheers. <laughs>